Welcome to the Healing Place podcast, a space filled with inspirational stories of hope, along with practical advice for your healing journey. Your host is Terry Welbrock, trauma warrior, writer, speaker, blogger, therapy dog handler, and founder of the Sammy's Bundles of Hope Project. As a survivor and a thriver, Terry's mission is to shine the light of hope into the world by interviewing insightful guests from across the globe. Please stay tuned at the end of today's interview as we honor our sponsors. The Healing Place podcast is a fiscally sponsored project of Fractured Atlas. Now, here's your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and very excited to have with me Rich Taylor, who is the co-author of Stress-Free You, as well as the podcast, Stress-Free You. So welcome. Hey, Terry, thank you for uh, inviting me on. This is great. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. We met through Podmatch, which I'm very excited about. So you're my first Podmatch interview, which is fantastic. So yeah. and I'm so excited to learn about um, your philosophies and the approaches that you're doing. So tell people a little bit about who you are and what you're doing. Well, you know, give a little backstory. Um, I've been in the, I'm actually a graphic designer during the day and have been in the marketing advertising world. And I've been fortunate that most of my clients or jobs I worked at have been in the self-help industry. So uh, I was the art director for the Get Motivated seminars for almost like 25 years. We put on these massive events with world leaders, famous celebrities, Hollywood people, business leaders, you name it. We'd have 15, 20, 30, 40,000 people in an arena at the time, back when you could do that kind of stuff. And I was walking in my office one day and I was like, I asked myself this question. We put on the best of the best. If you can't learn from these people, I mean, we literally, I mean, you name a person back then, we had them on. We had six U.S. former U.S. presidents. I should tell you how, wow. how uh, you know, Zig Ziglar was at everyone. We had Tony Robbins at our events. We had, you name it, we we had it. And I'm saying to myself, if, if everyone should walk out of our events like a totally different person, and why are not people doing that? I mean, some did, but I, why aren't all? Why don't people change when they get information? Obviously, Someone who is speeding in their car knows they shouldn't be speeding, but why are they speeding? Someone who, not to point it out, but someone who smokes cigarettes knows they're not healthy, but why do they keep doing it? Someone who's on a diet and wants to lose weight knows they should do it for their health, but eight more diet books isn't really going to change that. What is it the information they're lacking? No, there's got to be a core reason why people don't change their behavior. Is it a habit? They say it's a habit, but that's because you've done something wrong for a long time. So it becomes a habit. What's the, what's the genesis of it? And that's where the light bulb went off. And I think like God told me it's stress because what happens with stress is, okay, say you're going to go on a diet. You start day one, Monday morning, you eat a health, you get up early, you maybe exercise, you go, you go for a little jog and then you eat a really healthy breakfast and you pack a healthy lunch and Monday at lunch comes and you eat your healthy lunch at about two o'clock in the afternoon, the boss yells at you, or you get a phone call about your family or something traumatic happens, traumatic, not as far as like life and death, but just the stress level goes up. And what happens is everybody has a go-to, okay? 
And your go-to is what you go to when you're stressed, okay? When you're in a stress situation, most people don't crave a big bowl of raw broccoli. We probably should, but we don't. We want something sweet. We want something instant gratification. We want something that's going to give us that, instant, like I said, instant gratification. It could be shopping. It could be, you know, you hop on your phone and you order something on Amazon that you don't need or something like that. Or it could be doing substance abuse. It could be uh, turning your emotions in on yourself and blaming yourself. There's just, I mean, everyone has different go-tos. Some people have healthy ones, like they may go work out and they may feel stress and they you know, count to 10, hold their breath and think good thoughts. Some people may do push-ups. Some people uh, hit the snack machine. Uh, some people just shut down. Everyone has a go-to. And that's our go-to. What your go-to is, is a reflection of where you are emotionally. If that makes sense? Yes. So like my go-to used to always be eat like uh, carbs. Okay. When I was in the, the business, and I still am somewhat in the advertising business, it's high pressure. It's go, 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 deadline, 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 deadline. So I was always kind of like, you know, okay, grab some cookies, some cracks. I, I'm a bread lover. I, I've eaten bread all day long. And and combination of that unhealthy diet with stress is a great motivation, but it's very harmful for your body, if that makes sense. Like people say they work better under pressure. Uh, you do, but it's harmful for you. You'll get things done, but it's not healthy for your body and you'll burn out. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So back to always saying, say everyone has a go-to. So they, that person on the diet or the exercise regime or the self-help program or whatever they're trying to do the better themselves, which we all have an innate desire in our bodies, our minds to do. They have that, that stress event and they go off their diet. Now they feel worse because they binge eat some donuts. They hit the snack machine and what happened to the diet? What happened to cell phone program? It was the stress is the trigger. So the, all these experts out there telling you, just read this book, read this book, read this book. And they're all great books. It's great information, but stress, if someone's in a state of stress, and when we talk about stress, we think of is a thing, but it's really called the stress response, okay? Our body has a thing called the stress response because what happens is someone's, you're, you're out in the morning, jogging down the street, you're feeling good. All of a sudden you come around the corner as a big angry dog facing you. And that big angry dog is like scared, you know, it's dangerous. And so uh, what are you supposed to do? Well, your body automatically goes into what's called fight or flight. It's the automatic response. It's the sympathetic nervous system automatically kicks in. It tells you I should either fight, flight, run away or freeze. Mm -hmm. Our ancestors did this, okay? Saber-toothed tiger and the savannah and all this kind of stuff. You, you, you don't, like when you're faced with this danger, your body doesn't say like, well, I wonder if I should Google what I should do when a mean dog has cornered me. N no, you just automatically, the brain does it. And that's cool. But what happens is when that does, it flicks a switch in our brain. And instead of our brain using the cerebral cortex, which is our rational thinking, where we can solve problems and have good balance in our life, that's the uh, rest, digest, and restore response. But the stress response is fight, fight, or freeze. And so faced with this danger, your body automatically kicks it in. You can't control that, okay? But it's there to protect your life. And that's great in that situation. 
but not on an everyday 24 hour uh, life. Okay. That's the stress response. And so many people are in fight, flight, or freeze, not rest, digest, and restore. Okay. And that's the problem. Yes, absolutely. That's funny. I just had this conversation with my daughter, who's a teenager, freshman in school, and she had a big test coming up and we were driving to school and I was talking to her back by the exact same thing. I said, she said, oh, I'm so nervous about this test. And I said, all right, right now your your body is starting to create some some chemical response i said and what's going to start happening you're going to move into that that part of your brain that is um is is just gut reaction type of stuff where you're right. you're feeling a little panicky i said so you know, we've talked about it before. Let's do some calming breaths. Let's do some grounding work because you want to bring yourself back into that, that front part of the brain. The, the Absolutely. The yeah. Part. yeah. Absolutely. And those, those techniques work very helpful. They stress relief te techniques. They're very good. The problem is, is that um, our bodies store stress. You're right. So that works temporarily. Okay. You got a big exam. Okay. And you can do deep breathing exercises. There's even a thing about humming now. We did a, a podcast on humming because humming vibrates the vagus nerve that goes through your, down through your body, through your neck. And that can put you in the parasympathetic, which is a rest, digest, restore. And also by breathing through your nose, uh, it produces a ton of nitric oxide, not nitrous oxide, which is laughing gas, but nitric oxide, which actually goes, it helps dilate your blood vessels. It's very healthy for you. And, uh, so there's all these tips you can do, but since our bodies store stress, okay, someone who had a traumatic thing happen when they were seven years old, that doesn't go away. It's in their body for good. So we had these things called stress switches that we've, uh, we've come up with. And, and a lot of them are very common, but people don't realize they've turned them on. So every sweat stress switch you have turned on in your life increases stress in your life. So you can do all the stress relief tactics in the world, but we liken it to, it's like saying, it's trying to drain a cell phone battery while it's still plugged in. So you, you, you can lower it down, but you're still plugged in. You're still plugged into the stress inflow. It, it doesn't go away. And so in our book, a stress view, it's got 108 stress switches. And, wow. and I'm going to, I'll give you a couple of examples that are very common that people don't even realize they're doing. And uh, our number one stress, which, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, it's That's called right. news blackout. And what that means is um, um, the, new, the news is 24 hours of negative. It's all bad news. Okay. And I remember back before in 1980, CNN started going 24 hours. And when I was younger, because I've been around a while, there was the nightly news that was 30 minutes a night. And that was um, probably about 18 minutes of real news after the commercials. And with that, you had just the news. And then if you went to CBS, ABC, NBC, it was all the same thing, just a different person giving the news. Now they have 24 hours, so they have to fill it up with something. But there's only 18 minutes of real news. Now they have 24 hours. So now they have to fill it up with all this, you know, uh, hate and anger. And they, they turn, they've now become political parties, basically. And I'm not pointing out either side. They both do it. The liberals, the conservatives, they both do it. So now if you want to engage people, it's easier to engage them with, with emotions than with facts. Hey, a bridge collapsed. Okay. 
but now they bring in all the, how did you feel? What would happen? This and that, you know, and then they get the, the politics in it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So now people are so stressed out watching the news. The news is so toxic. We call it intellectual pornography. That's what we call it. People have it on, and we used to do this, my wife and I, we had, you know, the big flat screen TV. The first thing people do is they turn on the news and they, their kids are listening to this, okay? Their kids are absorbing, we call, we worry about secondhand smoke, we call it secondhand stress, okay? Kids are absorbing this all day long. And in the parents' home, and the parents are like, look at that guy, he's a jerk, he's an idiot. And it turns you into an angry person. We don't watch the news. My co-author and We don't I, watch the news. Yeah, very good. It's, well, you're into this business, you know, it's toxic. Yes. It's toxic. Yes. And if something really important happens, someone's going to tell you, you know what I mean? Yeah. We don't, we don't watch it at all. I don't get it on my phone. I don't get it. I don't go to websites. I don't, that's what we call a news blackout. Yeah, yeah. Good for you, Terry. Yeah. Right there. I don't, we, we rarely watch TV, honestly. Well, I'm there with you too. Yeah. 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 The commercials alone are terrible. Right. Right. Yeah, no, no, absolutely agree with you there. And our second one we call is Seventh Haven. And this is this is one because of modern technology, but uh, we say there should be at least a 12 hour break from work, at least. It should be, it should be you know, more like 16, but at least 12 hours. From 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., you should have no connection to work. No emails, no text messages, no phone calls, no nothing, no work. Um, and you we know people they're checking their email at one in the morning and two in the morning and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So yeah, not good, not good. Yeah. So we say at least twelve hours, but it should be more than that because you're never you're never off. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you can see the impact that it has on folks who are just constantly tuned in, constantly connected. Um, well, let me just get this one last thing done. Let me just do this one. Oh, let yeah, me just yeah. make sure this. Yeah. 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 And before you know it, it's uh, midnight and your family's been ignored and the wife's angry, the husband's angry and the kids never got your attention. And, oh, you got another thing taken care of for work. But how really important is that? You right. know? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned uh, a couple of times as you were talking, um, the rest, digest and restore response. So what is that? Yeah, that is our, our, our body has what's called is an automatic nervous system and it's automatic, automatic, I think that's what I'll say, <laughs> because it happens automatically. You can't, you, you don't control it. If something happens, it automatically kicks in for you. So you want to divide it basically into two parts, the sympathetic, which is a fight, flight or freeze. So if you're faced with danger of some sort, danger could be a physical threat or it could be an emotional threat. Okay that kicks into that. And then the opposite of that is the sympathetic, the parasympathetic, which is rest, digest, restore. We're supposed to be in that 99.999% of the time. That's where we're supposed to be. Not in the sympathetic fight, flight, or freeze. But the moment people wake up in the morning, they hit the ground running, which is a terrible thing. If you think I hit the ground running, I mean, who wants to hit the ground anything? You know what I mean? They hop out of bed, they run here, they get, to get ready for work, they got to get the kids ready for school. And they're yelling at their kids. There's yelling at the spouse. Get ready. They hop in the car if they're still commuting to work. Now they're they're fighting traffic while they're on the phone checking their email, which they shouldn't do. They get to work. It's stress, stress, stress. Uh, they work through lunch, or they eat really fast at the desk. Back to work. Go home. Get the kids. You know, get them to soccer practice. And I'll go on and on. But you know what it's like. It's yeah. it's chaos. Yeah. That's not how we're supposed to live. 
right? Yeah. Yeah. That's not rest and digest and restore. Our body, I'll give you an example. When we sleep, that's rest, digest, and restore. Sleep is, as you know, Terry, sleep is one of the, if you had to take a drug or take a pill that would give you like super benefits for your health, it would be, it'd be a sleeping pill. And I don't mean a sleeping pill, but sleep is amazing for our bodies. Okay. Sleep. If you could take the sleep, I guess you could, I'm trying to say, and put it in a pill and, and sell it, you'd be a billionaire because sleep is a great, it restores our body. It heals our, our wounds. It resets our clock. It, you know, our emotional clock, it does great things, but that's how we're supposed to be all day long, not sleeping, but in rest Di yeah. And if you're not resting, you're not digesting. Okay. The worst thing you should do when you're stressed out is eat because all the blood goes out of your stomach when you're stressed out, it goes to your extremities. So you could fight or run. It's not in your stomach. So if someone has a big breakfast burrito and then he had all the stress at work, that's not going to digest. Now people have all these digestive problems. People were not born with a Maalox deficiency. I mean, they just weren't, you know what I mean? You know, people, people are taking these over the counter things for, you know, uh, digestive issues that are probably just stress related. Yeah. And actually just uh, over 80% of all trips to the doctor's office are stress related. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Well, I know I made a huge shift as I learned so much of this. Um, so my mornings start out truly with waking up with gratitude, doing some positive affirmations saying, oh my gosh, thanks God, the sun is shining, the sky is blue. But even things such as having a cup of herbal tea and doing some meditation and just doing, just starting my day off with that kind of, because it, it truly does flow then into my day. Perfect. Yeah. You start yeah. the day off right. Yeah. 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 And it does, it, it really does en encompass that exactly that, that rest, digest, restore um, throughout my day. That doesn't mean I don't have these spikes of stress or, you know, I, again, you know, you get the call or you have you, something changes, a meeting or whatever, and you're having to scramble around. But because I just, well, you talked about it, it created these habits, as I say, but it, it's so much more than a habit, I think. Right. It's um, a lifestyle. Yeah, a lifestyle. And, and we, we, we frame it as there's two types of stress, our stress response. There's lifestyle stress and there's life events. A life event is something you have no control over. A family member passes away. Uh, a company goes out of business. Um, even the pandemic, in a way, you could say is a, is a life event. You know what I mean? Things, things that just happen that you have no control over. But they can be stressful. Like last a year and a half ago, my dad passed away. Hmm. You know, You know, when you lose a family member, it's... No matter what, even me who wrote the book, it was it was a very emotional, stressful time. But it was something you start, you go through, and you come out. Okay, because the problem is if if your lifestyle stress is high, and then you have a life event, it can overwhelm people. But if your lifestyle stress is very low, and a life event happens, which we can't prevent, then you can handle it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So we talk about, you know, we can't control the life events, but we can, you know, hear people say, I'm all stressed out. I got this, that that's the good news. If you're all stressed out, it's your stress. You are causing stress. And the good news is if you're causing it, you have hundred percent control over getting rid of it. And that's why we put the 108 stress switches in the, in, in the book. There's lots of more, but, um, 
And I gave those two examples, but the good news is people don't realize is they have actually 100% control over their lifestyle stress. And they, and they can just turn off the stress switches. You know, do they have toxic friends? Well, yeah, well, that's a stress switch. You know what I mean? Are you, are you working seven days a week when you should take the weekends off? That's a stress switch. You know, are you doing, are you eating the wrong foods that are going to give you like a quick energy, but hurt you in the long run? You know, like two hours later, now you got to take a nap because you blow out your blood sugar type of thing. That's a stress switch. Are you eating too much salt? That could be one too. Are you not drinking enough water? That's even something as little as that could be a big thing. Yeah. And, and you said, where, where does your mind go? Is it always an on the panic button or is it always on like the calming button? And I give you right. credit Terry, because you're, you start your day, right? Your fingers on the calming button, but how many people walk around with their finger on the panic button? That's not right. normal. We weren't designed that way. No. And that's, it really, I mean, it was a hard lesson learned, but once I, once again, I made that shift. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that I'm of that mentality, but you really can. I, I, I have horrible trauma history from my early childhood and early life. And so I like to tell people this message that you really can have lived through horrible life circumstances, but still live a life filled with peace, tranquility, joy, um, by simply, yes, changing um, your lifestyle, your approach, your mindset. Absolutely. We like to say you were designed to live a life of love, joy, peace that will give you a sound mind. And what we mean by that is, look, we've all experienced stuff. You had trauma when you were a kid. Everyone, you know, I had, everyone has, has that. This is living in life. Unless you're living on a hilltop by yourself, you're probably going to have some sort of trauma. But we find is, and look, we're not psychiatrists or anything. We're just like two guys that are very observant and have experienced a lot of this in, in other people around us. But if you have an emotional wound, that can act kind of like, uh, say you have this like pipe and the stress goes in one part of the pipe and goes out the other. But if you have an emotional wound, it clogs the it clogs the, the exit pipe. So now as stress comes in, it builds up and builds up and builds up. It can't get out, okay? And so you go do stress relief, you lose a little of it and it keeps coming on. So, but you can't get that healing as long as you're stressed out, okay? So it's like people go to psychiatrists or they go to counselors and those people are all wonderful and they do help a lot of people. But if you're not turning down the pressure, it's not going to be that effective. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're going to have that pipe burst. (laughs) Well, and that's, that's not a good thing. Right. And everyone has a breaking point. I don't care who you are. Everybody has a breaking point. And I don't know where where you come from. You may have had a great childhood or a bad childhood or whatever. Everyone has a breaking point, but why get near a breaking point? Why? I want to run away from that, you know? And and like some people, I think this is, uh, I know you deal with a lot of women and that's great. But a lot of men have this like macho thing about stress. Well, I work better under pressure, you know, or, or, or like this kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, if if any amount of stress, other than the few times in our life when it's a life, truly a life and death situation, is very harmful for the body. It raises cortisol, which is a uh, fat storing hormone. And, you know, cortisol is great. Cortisol gets increased when we're under stress. But cortisol's <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Is like uh, our internal uh, first aid kit 
So look, you're in a battle because you're in stress and your body's pumping out all these stress hormones, but it's got cortisol. So if you get wounded, it kind of like is a super first aid kit from inside your body. So that's really cool. But if you're doing it because you're on a deadline crunch at work, you're not wounded. So now you have this cortisol running through your body, which is a fat storing hormone. So not to get blunt, but a lot of people are out trying to exercise, so you can change the diet and all this kind of stuff. And they have no success dieting or very little success. And why is it? Because they're stressed out. Their cortisol levels are high. So you could, you could do the best exercise in the world, uh, unless you're running marathons probably, but which people shouldn't do, but you could eat, you could eat super clean. You could eat a vegan diet. If you want, you could not eat any of the junk. You can eliminate sugar and all that kind of stuff. But if you've got high cortisol levels, cause you're stressed out, you're probably going to have a hard time losing weight. I just be honest. And all these diet books don't really cover that. And that's why we say most of these diet books have a 96% failure rate or 94% because they don't cover the root problem. I mean, you're not going to stay on a diet if you're stressed out because your go-to is the opposite of the, the diet. And these diets and all these programs are restriction-based. Okay, I love eating ice cream every night before I go to bed. Now I can't have it. That's restriction. Well, that's stressful. So now you just ramped up my stress all the more. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So how am I supposed to stay on a diet when you just made my stress worse? And the stress is the real root cause of why I can't do this diet. So yeah. yeah, and that's that's what we cover. We try to appeal people, don't go on a diet, don't go on an exercise program, don't do anything self-help because it's gonna stress you out all the more. And then you fail, and then you're gonna feel even worse. Eliminate your stress, turn off your stress switches. Then, <clears throat> then when you're at a healthy point and you know, with a low lifestyle stress, then you could attempt to do self-help programs. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, it was, it was funny, funny little story. I was sitting here eating my healthy breakfast because I tried to, again, engage in healthy lifestyle and healthy choices. So I had my banana and my water. And um, so I, I had some nuts sitting here and I was looking at your podcast this morning and I pulled it up and I'm even going to pull the screen up because, um, oops, hold on one sec stress-free you. And I was scrolling down and I, I had listened to, I was listening to some of them and um, I think it was this one. Oh yeah. How to lick the salt habit for better health. And I look at, and I'm not kidding when I say I had a, like a handful of salted almonds in my, and I was like, Oh, <laughs> like, Oh no, stop. <laughs> Well, I, I eat almonds. I like almonds. Um, I little, little health tip. This is totally unrelated, but, um, well, like when I eat my nuts, I, I, I like pistachios and stuff. I get them unsalted yeah. because once you salt is something where, look, I used to be, I, I, I could have gone out to the salt lick with the deer. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I used to be really, really bad with the salt. And I mean, it was, I would, if, if the minimum was like 2,500, whatever it is, I was at 10,000. I mean, I was right. just really bad, but the thing about salt is if you stop eating it, you lose your, your taste buds, lose that <clears throat> sensitivity to it. So like a little bit of salt tastes really salty. Yeah. And, and so if you I eat rarely it, eat it, but yeah. 
for some reason on like like I don't put salt on anything. I never I never hold the salt shaker. Ever, right, ever, ever. Yeah, yeah. But if I get you know the the bag of nuts, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> well, that's that's not going to hurt you. Yeah, right. A little, a little bit there. But I was just trying to say like I used to be really abusive about yeah. that, and then I'm like. Yeah. And I remember one day I ate one of these, uh, you know, green olives in the thing and I ate it. I was like, wow, that's like so salty, but I would have eaten 20 of those a year earlier and right. had no problem. But because I was just not used to it, it was like, wow, it's totally salty. So yeah, but you, yeah. You're, you can adjust to it. Yeah. Well, mine is, mine is sugar. And I know it is. I, I, I've just, I'm, it's what I've turned to for comfort. Uh, and over the pandemic now, I've since made adjustments, but I, I ha had gained, and this was months ago, 29 pounds because I, I think I was just in such a heightened stress level um, with all that was going on. And uh, we were moving mid-pandemic. And so I just kept opening that pantry door and being like, ooh, cookies, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> you, you bring up a really good point about the sugar. Um, our body runs on two sources of fuel, glucose, which is sugar and fat. And you've probably heard about the ketogenic diet, which basically said, I'm not promoting it, but basically you cut out all carbs, which is sugar and your body will burn your fat. But the, our main source is glucose. So basically whatever you eat turns to glucose and our body runs on that. Okay. And that's great. We was designed, great design that God did with us, but we're under uh, stress our body uses like extra, a lot of glucose. It's like, it's like your car. If you take your car and you put it in neutral and, and you just let it idle, it's just idling, not using a lot of gas, but then you put your foot on the floor of the thing and you floor it in your, you know, your engine's going like that. It's burning a lot more gas, right? Well, we're under a state of stress, a stress response. Our brain, especially burns through glucose like you wouldn't believe it's like sucks it down like and so that's why people like after a stress response like why why i feel like i need sugar because your body just burned a ton of it your bodies our bodies are really smart it needs to be replaced but it needs to be replaced with healthy foods not sugar but hey if you get a cookie you're going to get that glucose back in your system because it's a high glycemic thing really fast and it will make you feel good temporarily really quick yeah, it's not the healthy approach, but you can see why people, when they're under stress, they re they reach for sugar. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I love your analogies. Like you're so great with these analogies because it really does paint a picture and make it, I mean, so understandable. So thanks. And, and I would just say, if someone wants a go-to um, instead of sugar, and I'm one of those health weird nuts. Like I, I don't eat sugar. I haven't eaten sugar in probably 30 years. I may have a little bit of a, if I have a breath mint here or there or something like that, it's not a big deal. But for me, when I eat sugar, it makes me tired. So I, I just came up with this thing like, well, you know, <laughs> I eat this and I'll be taking a nap in 45 minutes. So I don't think that's a good thing for me. Now, for other people that aren't affected that way, it's totally different. But for yeah. me, it's just a physical thing. So I just stay away from it. But um, the best thing to do if after a stressful event is to eat something that the only food that does not raise your blood sugar is fat, okay? And now I'm not telling people to eat butter, but what I recommend, I'm a, I'm a, a plant-based person, um, basically a vegan diet, but again, I'm not pushing that, but avocados are really good. Yeah. Avocados have a lot of healthy fat and you eat that and you're gonna, <clears throat> you'll feel very satisfied and you won't have a blood sugar spike and you can put some seasoning on it. Uh, you can put a little salt and pepper on it if you want, or put some 
fresh herbs on it or oregano or any kind of thing. And it'll taste pretty good. So I would say if someone wants to switch their go-to to something that is actually going to help them, try something like an avocado or guacamole, you know, if you try yeah. guacamole, but instead of using the chips, use like some carrot chips, you know, like where they slice the chips into carrots, the carrots into chips. Yeah. Or I, I use those like little baby carrots. So I use that into that. Hummus That's what I work. do. I, yeah. I take baby carrots and dip it in my guac and yeah. like I'll mash up a, uh, avocado, squirt some lime juice on there you it, go. throw in yeah. some pico and um, mix that up. And oh my gosh, it's amazing. And look, my, one of my favorite snacks. Yeah. And, and what I'm saying, it's a great go-to food wise, because now you just gave your body a lot of things it needs and it gave it something that's not going to raise your blood sugar. So now it's going to satisfy its uh, nutritional needs and actually help, you know, it's full of vitamin E and a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, and just out of curiosity, because I'm just curious, um, when you say you don't eat sugar, do you not eat fruits or is? I do eat some fruit. Um, okay. Fruit is interesting. Fruit. Um, I want to do a little, a little side thing here. There's when you have fruit, like give an example, fruit juice. Okay. A lot of people drink fruit juice. Okay. Fruit juice is basically the fructose, which is fruit sugar with the fiber removed. I remember growing up when the kids are growing up, I should say they wanted orange juice, but they didn't want it with the pulp. So, yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, it always had pulp, but my kids like, I want orange juice, but I don't like the pulp. So I'd go to the Publix and I would get the orange juice that said no pulp. Okay. I didn't realize what I was doing was really bad, but, and I live in Florida, so it's, I shouldn't say this about orange juice, but it's, it's, it's true. The fructose, the fruit sugar that's in fruit juice is actually pretty toxic for your body. Okay. It's the fiber is the antidote to the fruit fructose. So the, when you eat an apple, you get a certain amount of fructose, but you get about a certain amount of fiber too, with the antioxidants, they balance each other out. That's how it was designed to be. Okay. Uh, so I do eat, I eat a lot of berries because they're low glycemic. I'll eat like uh, Granny Smith apples. I don't eat a lot of uh, bananas. I do like them. Once in a while, I'll make banana ice cream. It, that's phenomenal. Have you made that? Yeah, I made it one time. Yes, <laughs> oh, I call it because I, I, I call it banato, like a, you know, like gelato, but it's made from bananas. Oh yeah, banato. that's awesome. <laughs> Just basically, you take a ripe banana, you slice it up, you put it in a bag, put it in the freezer, then you take it out, put it in your blender, and it, it's it's weird, but it looks like ice cream. It has the yeah. same texture, and you could put any flavoring. You could put berries in it. You could put chocolate in it, whatever you want, and you've got this pretty healthy ice cream. It's that's not going to be, you know, if not going to have any dairy in it, if that's a concern for some people, not knocking dairy, but I'm just saying that's an option. Uh, yeah. So I do eat fruit, not a lot of it, but I do eat fruit. I eat the whole fruit. So if people want to eat fruit, eat whole fruit. Yes. Skip the juice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't drink the juice and do this. Yeah. I, I had read the same thing. And so, yeah. yes, agreed. So anything else that um, you wanted to touch upon that we haven't had an op obviously I could sit here and talk to you for another two hours. <laughs> I, I would say back to people who, who have this, here's another thing, Terry, we, we do this all the time. My co-host and I, whenever we meet someone, we say, how are you? And the answer almost everyone says, oh, I'm busy. And if they're really busy, they'll say, oh, I'm busy. Oh, I'm really, really busy. Today, everyone says they're busy. I don't care if it's a CEO, uh, a student, a housewife, someone who's retired, everyone says they're busy, okay? And it's almost this, 
badge of honor people have that they're yeah. busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. Oh, I'm busy. And, and I'm so, if you're really busy, I'm so, 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 so busy. Well, first of all, we're not supposed to be. Okay. So our acronym for busy, B-U-S-I stands for being under stress's yoke. Okay. First of all, don't, don't claim, name it, claim it what that you are, first of all, because words are powerful. And second of all, don't say you're busy. So when people ask how I am, I say, Man, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm not stressed or I'm, I'm fantastic. I'm wonderful. I don't ever want to say I'm busy. So being right. busy is bad. Saying that you're busy is bad. And now you're just going to create, your mind is going to hear that. And like, I'm supposed to always be busy. We're not supposed yeah. to be a human pinball. Okay. We're supposed to be in rest, digest and restore response. Like I said, almost our entire day in life. You know, it's only in emergencies we're supposed to be stressed. Yeah, just so being busy is not something you want to be. Um, like I said, we were born to live a life of love, joy, peace, so you can have a sound mind. And someone says, well, how are you going to say I can have love, joy, peace, and a sound mind? Well, if you're stressed out, you're not going to have any of that. It's just, it's really hard. And stressed out people by nature are very self-centered. Okay. You can have two wonderful people to get married, but if they're under a lot of stress, it's, it's going to hurt the relationship a lot. We've all heard this uh, thing that says the number one reason uh, marriages break up are financial because of financial reasons. And I think that's a fallacy. It's a very big fallacy. The reason is, is because most time when people get married, one person marries an opposite. It's just human nature. And that's how it's supposed to be. So like if, if, if I'm weak in this, my wife counterbalances me at that and if I'm, and vice versa. But what happens is when people are stressed out, you'll have a situation where, okay, um, the spender gets stressed out. They're going to, their go-to is going to spend. Okay. The, the, the nerd, the financial nerd is going to say like, well, I get stressed out. Uh, we stop spending. We cut back. Okay. There's the battle right there. Right. So, so, okay. You need to read the self-help book on money management, or we need to go to the seminar uh, on money management. I can almost guarantee you, if two a couple goes to like a financial seminar, okay, and say the husband's the nerd and the wife's a spender, or vice versa, that may save some marriages. That may cause more divorces than they get saved. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because now you're gonna, they're going to be fighting because you take away if you take away the go to to the spender because they're stressed, which is spending money. They don't care. Why do people have debt there, Terry? Think about it. Most people have six, seven thousand dollars every month of consumer debt. That's all go-to spending. Now, some people have some legitimate things, medical bills with the pandemic. They've had job issues and stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking before the pandemic. There are people that make 40, 50, 60, 80, 100,000, 400,000 dollars a year that still have debt. You would think that would be enough money. No. Oh, I'm, let's go get a boat. Let's get a timeshare. Let's do this. Let's go on this vacation. Okay. It's stress spending. Okay. Most of the money that people spend other than like their basic things are stress spending. The house my wife and I bought, uh, we live in our house is under 1500 square feet. It's not a big house. It's not a small house, but not a big house. And the woman we bought it from had two kids, two nice kids. And she said, I need a bigger house because I'm so stressed out. So she went and bought a thousand square foot in our same neighborhood house because she was stressed out. So th here's what I'm saying. Majority of the money people spend is because they're spending it on to go to. And if you take away the stress, guess what? You can have all this extra money. You can have a ton of extra money, like 
oh, we're not, we don't have to like eat out every night or order out from the restaurant because, you know, I'm not stressed out. I know, look, we all work hard jobs. You come home, the last thing you want to do is cook a meal. Then you got to clean it up. It's just like, you just do Uber Eats. It shows up at your door and that's fine in certain situations, but it shouldn't be every day. Right. If you're doing that every day, that means your life is out of control. And the, the good news is you can get your life back in control. You have control of that. You know, if you don't want to buy the book, that's fine. Just take a sheet of paper, write down all the things that are stressing you out and see what you can do. And, and here's the last thing I want to share. Money is a big thing for people, but how many times the husband and wives had this conversation? Well, honey, if I take this job, I'll make a lot more money and we can get all this stuff, but it's going to come with a lot of stress. Looking back at my life with my wife and I, we've made that mistake. We made it a bunch of times and it's not good. And there's consequences, whatever money you make, the more money you make, you'll probably spend 10 times more fixing your kids' problems. So maybe make $100,000, you'll spend a million dollars fixing your kids' problems when they're 20, 30, 40. They don't go away. Raising your kids in a good, healthy environment is so important. My wife and I, uh, looking back, we would have lived in a, in a tiny home in the woods just to make sure we raised our kids good. Instead of like her, she's a nurse. She worked nights and weekends. She was always tired, trying to homeschool the kids, be the super mom. There are no super moms. There's no super dads. They're just people, yeah. okay? Don't go put yourself under stress. Stress, any amount of stress is bad. And people say a little bit is good. We, we Our analogy says, if a little bit of stress is good, it's like a black widow spider. What's better to have a big black widow spider in your bed or a small black widow spider in your bed? They're both bad. Right. You don't want to have anything to do with it. Leave stress alone, eliminate it, and live that life of love, joy, peace so you can then truly have a sound mind. Yay. I agree. And yes, I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, this has just been such a wonderful interview. So how do people get a hold of your book and find you? Okay. Uh, our website is stressfreeu.net, stressfreeu.net. That's our website. And um, there's links on it to the book. Our book, Stress For You, is on Amazon. Uh, there's a, uh, the paperback is $14.97, like that. The Kindle version is $3.49. So it's very affordable if you want to get the Kindle version. And I didn't realize this, but on the Kindle version, you don't need a Kindle app, Kindle reader for the Kindle version. You could read it on your iPhone, your smartphone, your tablet, your right. computer, whatever. Yeah. You just download the app, which is free. Or if you're part of the Amazon, I think it's called Unlimited program, uh, then our book is, is on there and it's free. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also do the stress for you podcast. We do a, a show like you do every Tuesday morning, we publish that. And then every Thursday and Sunday, we do a stress-free minute, which is a one little minute tidbit segment on one little thing, which we do, which we have a lot of fun on. And the one thing I, I would say, and this is not bragging, but almost all of our podcasts start with a skit and <laughs> we have a lot of fun with our skits. We, we, we love to get really creative. So we don't just dive into the, uh, into the material right away. We do a lot of fun skits and my co-host Matt and Katie Rush are phenomenal actors. So they, they just, they're really good at it. So. That's awesome. All right. Well, again, it's just been such a pleasure to have you here and uh, yeah, thank you for the work you're doing in the world and uh, your book and the podcast. So thanks. Well, Terry, uh, it's great to be teaming up with someone like you who's doing the exact same thing, helping a lot of people who have a lot of needs, especially in a time like this. So I really appreciate you and give you kudos. Oh, thank you so much.
All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today to the Healing Place podcast with your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about Terry, her mission, and the Hope for Healing journey, visit Terry's website at www.terrywellbrock.com. Thank you for liking, commenting, sharing, and offering your reviews on our YouTube channel, audio outlets, and Facebook page. And as Terry reminds us, until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself.